0: All right, and welcome to another episode of Sports Bears from an Agent's Perspective, right? You're with your host, uh, Zila, a.k.a. Chester and Mbekela, and uh, yeah, back with another episode, man. Episode number 78, you know, bringing you guys sporting content, man, that's going to last... <sighs> For a whole duration of you know the podcast lifetime um, And I think that's what I enjoy about you know creating such content Is that I know that you know um, With my power <laughs> It can you know it, it can last forever You know for the duration um, The lifetime duration of the podcast um, While it exists online on all the platforms um, Just a shout out to everyone you know who keeps supporting the podcast man And you can keep supporting and subscribing you know um obviously we're on all the major digital platforms you know spotify apple podcasts um anchor f m on our agency website as well m a g sports agency um, athlete network we're also on there as well so people who don't have access to the other major digital platforms you can just you know listen on our um agency website slash um athlete social media platform all right So, um, oh yeah, and we're also on Google Podcasts as well So that's another option, you know, if that's what you have In order to, you know, catch the content and just listen Um, You know, for those tuning in for the first time, you know As you know, from time to time, not from time to time But often, I like to have, you know, guests on the show Where we talk about, you know, their sporting journey So this could be um, coaches, this could be athletes um, This could be fellow agents, you know Um, not only football agents, but agents in other sporting codes as well, you know, so that's what I'm committed to doing, Um, you know, going forward with the podcast is that I don't only want to chat to football agents, you know, Um, I also want to make sure that I, you know, get to pick the brain of, you know, agents in other sporting codes, so I'm gonna have to, you know, dig deep and try to get, you know, some rugby agents, some, you know, basketball agents Um, and obviously, Football as well, you know, because those are the sporting codes that we mostly talk about. But I mean, I'd love to chat to someone who's like maybe an NFL agent, or um, someone who's um, you know in tennis, hockey, you know, any sporting code. Because the one thing that I never like to do is to box myself and say that okay, well, this is a football, um, like this is a soccer, basketball, and rugby podcast only. No, like. I think I'm at that point now where it's just so nice to learn about, you know, other people's sporting codes, you know, and their walks of life and the journey that they had to travel, you know, to be in the sporting industry that they're in, you know, because, um, yeah, the, the business of professional sports, man, it's, it's an intriguing, it's a very mysterious industry. It's only one of those where unless you're in it, you don't really know much about it. You know, and that's why like when I go on my social media platforms and you hear people shouting this out, shouting that out. I try not to be too judgmental in correcting them because I'm always like, well, chances are you have no clue. Um, You know, you don't really have an in-depth knowledge about um, what you're talking about unless you're working in the industry, you know um but yeah that's pretty much you know the business it's it's a very i don't want to say it's an exclusive type of business but it's one of those where you have to be in it to really know you know the ropes and what goes on in it um but yeah we love it man i love it um i love being in it um so yeah so today's topic we're actually going to talk um a recap of um the League competition you know as many of you will know, the J1 League came to a conclusion last week, and we're just gonna wrap up and basically, you know, congratulate the new champs and just um, share, but you know, a bit of comments um, about you know the season that started way back in February of 2022. Time flies, man. Hard to think that you know the 2022 season is done and dusted. You know, on to the next. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, before we dive way deeper into chatting about, um, you know, the recap of the J1 League and the season and congratulating the new champs, we're just going to take a quick break where um, we pay our bills, you know, after this commercial break. So I'll see you guys after the break. All right. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you think you might be feeling depressed stressed anxious or overwhelmed better help is here to help I know you know from my personal experience man when I was an athlete when I was a player you know there'd be times I would go through you know feelings of like stress and anxiety you know stress to perform you know stress to play well to make sure you play for that next contract and you know I really wish that I had had, you know, certain like avenues to really vent and get out these frustrations, and just have an objective party to talk to, right? BetterHelp, man, it's a platform that offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you through, you know, your tough time or whatever you're going through. You know, you're able to talk to your therapist in private, um, online environment at your convenience. So it's literally therapy. Um, wherever you may be, you know. Um, There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapists network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then uh, you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Imagine that, under 48 hours. Then you schedule uh, secure video and phone sessions, and then uh, plus you can exchange unlimited messages with your therapist. Um, and everything you share is 100% and completely confidential. Right? What I've found helpful, man, with using a platform um, like BetterHelp, again, you know, is just their response time. That if you're going through something, um, you're able to talk with your therapist and share it right there and then. You know. My therapist, uh, Mark, is so efficient um, and I'm really um, happy that I'm working with him. Alright, and then you can actually also request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime if the the current um, therapist that you matched with doesn't work out for you. Alright, so you don't need to stress and feel like you're trapped with one therapist. You can actually request to change. join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced better help therapist. Special offer to sports beers from an agent's perspective podcast listeners. So you get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com/kzmbekela. All right, That's better h e l p dot com slash k z m b e k e l a thanks again to better help for sponsoring this episode all right and welcome back man. after that break um, as i always say i hope you did not flake on me and disappear Um, Yeah, so before we we just carry on and dive deep, um, last week I actually took a bit of a break. Um, So the last recording I had was an interview I had, man, um, with, you know, one of the rugby players that um, I was fortunate to meet while I was, you know, coming up playing, you know, junior junior pros um, when I was at the Leopards and stuff like that. He was playing for the seniors. And I got to, you know, witness his career as a player and then, you know, having to, and then him having to transition to the coaching role because of a life-changing, you know, um, event that took place in his life. Um, so shout out to Budvu Yozang, and it was really awesome to just have a chat with him and just to know, you know, how he, you know, ended up um, becoming the player that he, that he is, you know, his story is very inspirational and... I think what's very inspirational as well about his story is the fact that even when he was really hit with, um, like I'm saying, a career ending injury, you know, um, having a car accident and then losing his eye, which meant that, you know, his rugby playing days were done. And this happened when he was at the top of his game, you know, they had just won the World Series, the World, you know, Sevens Rugby um, Series. And um, things were going well. I mean, he was also signed to play um, in the Premier Division of the Curry Cup for the Leopards and stuff like that. So literally, he had everything going for him and for things to just, in the blink of an eye, you know, no pun intended, you know, for things to change like that and for him to still find and to keep going after that and, you know, to now where he's literally the Russia Sevens national head coach um, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I, I think I've listened to that podcast episode about three times and I'm always left um, speechless, you know, by just how he handled everything, you know. And obviously him being vulnerable and just, you know, being upfront that, you know, it was a tough six months when he had to spend at home and uh, recover and stuff like that. Um, and obviously now getting used to the new norm that would be his life going forward. Um, so, shout out to Vuyo, and blessings to him. And, you know, we wish him well with, uh, with his head coaching role with the national team, with the national Russia Sevens team. And hopefully, they, you know, they, they work out their political situation and they no longer sanction so that they can play at an international stage. Um, I think he's carrying the South African flag very high. And um, I feel honored to have been able to really um, capture. This moment, um, basically document this historical moment, you know. Um, because I mean, with this podcast, man, you know, we're documenting history, black history, all types of history, you know. All right, so moving on now, on to um, professional football, soccer. All right, um, in the place where I'm operating as an agent, I'm going to talk J1 League today, um, so as I said before the break, the J1 League came to a conclusion, you know, last week, um, where unfortunately, <laughs> well, fortunately and unfortunately, depending on which team you support out here in Japan, but um, yeah, the um, a new champion has emerged within the league, and um, it was kind of heartbreaking to see the old champs sort of frizzle away, but Credit to Kawasaki Frontal, man. They literally, they fought till the end, you know. They fought till the end. Um, obviously, both teams didn't play against each other. But it was still a title race where if one team had won, you know, with, um, with their final game and the other team had lost, then Kawasaki Frontal would have been able to actually defend their um their champ you know their their championship state championship status they would have they would have actually been able to be three-time champions of the j1 league so that's why their game was sort of like a, a do or die situation you know and in their last game they were able to face um what's the name they played against fc tokyo yeah they played against fc tokyo and um yeah it was an interesting game High intensity from both teams. Like, it was one of those games where I think FC Tokyo knew what was on the line for Kawasaki Frontal. But they were like, fuck it. (laughs) We're going to ruin this party, man. Um, But credit to Frontal as well. like they, um, I think they they came up with major intent, you know. And as much as they've been struggling up front after they they lost one of their key players to injury, you know. uh, Damiao, Brazilian striker Damiao. He was very pivotal. He was a pivotal force in last season in them actually winning the um the the j one league twenty twenty one championship and I think when they lost him this season of twenty twenty two things just started to spiral a little downwards taking away taking nothing away from the guys who were left to you know fill the void and to step up because i think. Damiao being out it really forced you know um, his replacement you know Japanese striker to to really you know to really step up and it also forced left winger also Brazilian player uh, Marcinho to really come to the party man Um, he really had to carry the team on his back in the absence of Damiao because last season um, they worked well together I think that combination of, Marcin, you know, Marcinho pacing down the left wing and just hitting a beautiful cross, Damian would always be there to just finish off that work. So now it was literally Marcinho having to, you know, pace down the left wing and then find a way to navigate, you know, to get into the 18 area and in some instances not being able to cross but actually be the striker. So he was actually playing as left winger slash second striker. You know, to the striker who was already there. And credit to him. He was doing his best during the season as well. But I just don't think he had enough firepower to really take it to the level that Demiao had taken the team, um, you know, the previous season. So, yeah. So, so Kawasaki showed up with intent. Um, and they told themselves that they were going to rip FC Tokyo apart. But <laughs> And credit to them because they were actually the first ones to score you know, Demi's replacement, like I'm saying, he really fought hard to step up and to try to fill the shoes of the Brazilian striker, and he was able to score the first goal of the game, you know, but um, like I'm saying, FC Tokyo was there to ruin the party because they replied with another goal, and they were actually able to score a second goal and make it 2-1, you know, and um, so it was just like a back and forth in terms of momentum shift and intensity. But I think because Kawasaki Frontal had so much to play for, they, you know, um, at a later stage in the game, they were able to shift the momentum, equalize and make the game 2 all. And I think when that happened, I think FC Tokyo, because, I mean, they knew they pretty much had, you know, that they didn't have a title shot. So I think... When that happened, um, and the game was, you know, deadlocked at 2-all, FC Tokyo started to fizzle away a little bit. And that actually gave Kawasaki Frontal more confidence to just keep fighting until, you know, the end of the game. And close to the end of the game, this time around, again, Demiao's replacement, it was his turn to feed Marcinho, And Marcinho ended up scoring a brilliant goal. Like, I still don't know how that ball went into the net because Marcinho, like, when the ball was crossed and it wasn't even a high ball, it was, yeah, it was sort of like on the ground. And Marcinho came at an awkward position, you know, to just hit it with his right foot. But the ball ended up going in on the left corner, far post. So when he scored, he didn't score in the near post. He kicked the ball, but it ended up, you know, going towards um, the far post. So it, it was just a very awkward um, angle. But yeah, he was able to to find that home, and um, Kawasaki Frontal ended up winning that game, three points to two. Yeah, three points to two against FC Tokyo. And man, you know the you know the uh, not FC Tokyo, the Kawasaki Frontal bench just went bizarre, you know, like they man, they went berserk, they were oh, they were really psyched up, you know, because this gave them hope that, oh shit, okay, if by any chance, you know, the team that's supposed to be playing against Yokohama, if Marinos is able to upset Marinos, then, um, you know, then Kawasaki still have a chance at winning the league. Um, and we're actually going to dive into the FC, um, um, F. Marinos game versus Vissel Kobe. You know, as much as I'm sure Kawasaki had, you know, they, they were crossing their fingers, hoping that an upset would happen. But I think at the back of their minds, they kind of had an idea that, oh shit, well, the team that F. Marinos is facing for their final match, knowing what's on the line... Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the upset may not happen, but I mean, they, they could they could only hope because they had done their work. So it was like, all right, you know, football gods, soccer gods, make something happen. Um, yeah. So later on in the day, um, Yokohama F. Marinos would then face Andre Iniesta's Vissel Kobe. You know, um, you know, Vissel Kobe. They've been a team that's actually struggled. Um, during the season I mean at one point they were dead last you know but I think what saved them was definitely the summer transfer window because they were able to really make smart smart moves you know within and around the league and they were actually one of the teams that didn't really recruit overseas that much this past season but Man, you know, the, 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 the pieces to, um, to the puzzle that they were able to make, I really think it made a hell of a difference because they literally went from being dead lost to getting out of the relegation zone, you know. So they're safe. They were safe. They're not going to get relegated. Um, but yeah, before the transfer window, that's where they found themselves. They found themselves dead last at some point. And they were really struggling to put, you know, key performances together. And I think this also signaled the decline of, and again, taking nothing away. Andre Iniesta, we've seen what, we know what he can do. We've seen what he can do for years on end. But I think this season of 2022 was definitely a signal that he's definitely on the decline. You know, and I think... Vissel Kobe had to make the hard decision of making Iniesta come off the bench, you know. And I'm sure it was a tough pill for him to swallow as well because look man, when you're a professional athlete, if there's one guarantee is that father time is going to come for you. Doesn't matter how fucking awesome you are, doesn't matter how epic of an play you epic of a player that you've been, you know. How larger than life? What? How much of a larger than life athlete or character that you were? Father time is going to come for you. He's going to come knocking, and when he comes knocking, <laughs> it's best that you don't let your ego get the better of you. You know. So I definitely commend Andre Iniesta for sucking it up and acknowledging that. You know what? Now all he can do is be an impact player. And basically be a presence within the Vasil Kobe locker room where he's just now blooding the youngsters and mentoring the young players. And in my mind, I do think, I'm not sure if he's retiring yet, but I do think now he's definitely reaching that horizon. And because he loves Japan so much, I do have a feeling that when he does eventually have the guts to call it time, he's going to remain in Japan. I think the town of Kobe has really been good to him. I think he's really enjoying it out there. So I believe that he'll probably become one of the maybe directors of football, maybe head up the academy or, you know, work with the main team, you know, as maybe an assistant coach. I definitely think they're going to blood him to one day, hopefully become the head coach of Vissel Kobe. Because, um, yeah, from what I read... You know, with the articles and stuff like that, he's really been enjoying his life in Kobe. I mean, Kobe is a beautiful city, it's a coastal city, um, and it just has a very relaxed vibe. I think Kobe reminds him a lot of Barcelona, you know, because again, Barcelona is also a very beautiful coastal city, um, very laid back. So I think the lifestyles are very similar. And obviously, just you know, the Japanese culture out there. I'm sure he's fallen in love with that as well. Um, So I totally understand why he'd want to, you know, remain in Japan even after he retires. Or you never know. Maybe he might want to go back to Spain and work with the Barcelona structures. You never know. You never know. Um, But yeah. But back to um, the point about Vissel Kobe. So I think them making that decision to start benching Iniesta and making him come off the bench definitely was a turning point and one that proved to be um you know um, a working strategy because he comes off the bench man and he he does good work you know he definitely puts the the defenses of the other teams under pressure but I think because now his body is starting to you know give up on him he can't do it for 80 minutes You know, and I think that's one of the reasons why Vissel Kobe was struggling in the beginning is because he was actually starting and most of the time he was playing, you know, full 80. And I think that was a bit much. That was asking a bit much of uh, the Spanish legend. All right. So shout out to Iniesta, man, for, yeah, for taking a step back and letting the youngsters do their thing. Because, again, Vissel Kobe started winning games and they started gaining you know, that confidence that they had in the prior seasons, you know. So when they went into this game against Kawasaki, I mean, not Kawasaki, Yokohama F. Marinos, um, as much as they were the underdogs, but you always kept room that, okay, an upset might happen here. Um, so yeah, as the game kicked off, just like Kawasaki, Yokohama F. Marinos, you know, they're, they they made a statement that they came here with intent, you know, and it was a Kobe home game. So they were playing in Kobe, but Yokohama F. Marinos, they showed, you know, urgency and major intensity that they had, because, I mean, they knew what they had to play for. You know, they had everything to win. Um, So, yeah, they came out with guns blazing, man. You know, their Brazilian players definitely came out to play. You know, Marcos... Junior was phenomenal. You know, he was phenomenal. And um, yeah, the Brazilian players of F. Marinos really stepped up to the plate because it didn't take long. You know, F. Marinos were the first to score. um, And I think that just gave them even more confidence that, oh shit, you know, we might actually do this. And yeah, they were able to score a second goal. And I mean, as much as, you know, Vissel Kobe. You know, th- you know they had a lot of pride. I mean, they, they had to sort of like try fight back to stamp some sort of authority that, listen, this is our backyard at the end of the day. So you guys aren't going to come here and make us look foolish. You know, they tried to put up a fight. But I think the momentum and, you know, the drive of Yokohama F. Marinos was just too much on the day for them. Um, but Kobe were able to um, score a goal as well. So to make a 2-1. And at some point, it seemed as if they were fighting to, you know, really make this an interesting day. But yeah, nah, look. <laughs> F Marinos, they were like, nah, they just, they, they had another gear to go, you know. So when they put on fifth gear, man, yeah, they just, they, they, you know, they, they just put them away. You know, they, sc- they scored a third goal. And I think that just stamped the authority, that just made the the final statement that the uh, Japan J1 League was about to have a new champion, you know. And um, yeah, so when that final whistle went, man, Yokohama F. Marinos, you know, the players were so emotional because it had been, you know, it had been a season of turmoil, you know. They were not always number one during the season. At some point, you know, they were number two. At some point, they were number three because, it was such an interchangeable log between Kawasaki Frontal, you know, between them and also um, Kashima Antlers, you know, Kashima Antlers, they were one of the dark horses that could have caused an upset and that could have won the league. But I think with them, I think they lacked, um, I think they peaked too early. I think that's the thing with Kashima Antlers. You know, while the rest of the teams, and I talked about this in my previous podcast and the previous sports blog, that after August, that's when teams start to show a significant amount of peak, you know? That's when the peak phase starts as an athlete because now, you know, you're you're so many games in, especially players who've been lucky not to get injured. And I think... Yokohama F. Marinos was one of the teams that was really fortunate um, in terms of injury. Yeah, you know, their key players like Marcos Junior, they did have a few niggles where they had to sit out a few weeks. Um, Their Brazilian striker as well. But I think, again, the summer transfer period gave some of their key players rest while blooding in the new guys who were coming in, firing on all cylinders. And... So when it was time for the main guys to come back, it was just, you know, this momentum of players that are just gelled together and having everyone buy into the system and the fact that this was a team that was chasing a championship run, you know. So when they were able to make that happen, um, yeah, the team just peaked well. And unfortunately for Kashima Antlers, I don't believe that they made the right purchases. In the summer transfer window. I think they got so complacent and comfortable with what they had that maybe some of those key players that they had started feeling a little overworked. And then they started hitting their decline when they were actually supposed, you know, to sort of like maintain their peak phase, you know. But before the transfer window, man, Kashima Antlers, yeah, they were were looking fucking dangerous, you know. And I remember actually meeting one of the guys who um, he's like... He's one of the front office guys, he's one of the communications guys and the announcer, like the MC of Kashima Antlers. I ran into him when I was at the beach in Enoshima. So we were talking um, football. He's a Brazilian guy, but he grew up in Japan. And we were just, you know, talking about um, the J1 League. And he was talking about the Kashima Antlers and, um, you know, just the vibe around the team and how, you know, they have belief that they might actually clinch the league, because at that time, they were number two to F Marinos. And the points, different, you know, points difference really wasn't that much. So it was like they still had that sense of belief that they could do it. But um, yeah, after we came back from that summer vacation break, yeah, it, it, was, it was just a different story. The guys, they just could not piece... Those performances together again And um, it just started declining And then by the end of the season I mean Kashima Antlers was at like number 4 Number 5 Around about there um, So it just literally came down to um, F Marinos and Kawasaki Frontal man. I mean for Kawasaki Frontal I think they would have been the first team In the history of the J1 League Because I mean the J1 League has been around For about twenty six, twenty five, twenty six 25, 26 years now so they probably would not have been the first team in the history of the league to, you know, to, to win the league, to, to basically have a three-peat of winning the league, you know. Because, I mean, they were back-to-back last season. So they definitely would have been the first team to, to win it three years in a row. Because the funny fact about the J-League is that every single team that's in the J-1 league at some point has been relegated. All the teams, all 18 teams in the J1 League at some point within, you know, with the 25 years of existence, they have been relegated, you know. So to reach these records, it would have been pretty significant for Kawasaki Frontal. But um, hard luck to them. And um, but yeah, man, I, I I don't think I'll ever forget how emotional the F Marinos players were. I mean, the captain, man, he was, oh, the jubilation that was going on on the field, you know, the guys were emotional, guys were crying, man. And um, when they lifted that trophy, it was, it was the dawn of a new day. You know, it's always good to see a new champion because you acknowledge the journey. I think last season, Yokohama F Marinos, they, they came very close, but... Kawasaki Frontal, I mean Damiao even ended up winning MVP of the league, he was just on another level, you know, so I think having come so close last season, F Marinos told themselves that now nah, fuck it, 2022 is our year boys and we're gonna, we're gonna clinch it and um, yeah, they're one of the teams man, who consistently put up epic performances, every freaking weekend that those guys came to play they definitely made sure they definitely made sure that they left their opponents wounded you know for them there was never an off night there was never a game where they were like oh we're going to approach this you know with like a laxy daisy attitude no they um, they they just established this winning culture and even at times where it seemed like they were about to lose this game because they were used to winning so much they were able to bounce back you know um yeah so it was a pleasure witnessing their their rise to to championship status over the season and um it'll be interesting to see if they can repeat it next season you know i know frontal will definitely be <laughs> they're definitely going to be looking to to fight their way um to yeah, to basically contend to be contenders again, and hopefully Kashima Antlers can maintain consistent performances next season. You know, um, but yeah, it it was a it was an amazing season, definitely one that you know um, showcased a lot of highlights, high tempo football. You know, um, it's good to always good to see Brazilian talent on display. Um, I think outside of Brazil. I think Japan is one of the footballing nations where you have so much Brazilian talent that comes over here. Um, because one thing I realized when I moved to Japan is that I realized that there's actually quite a massive Brazilian population. And same goes for within Brazil. There's actually a lot of Japanese people that move from Japan to go live in Brazil. So I think that you know intercultural exchange between Brazil and Japan is the cause of... Um, the, the J1 League attracting so much Japanese talent, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's really going to be interesting to see, man. What a season. What a freaking season. And now, obviously, since the season is done and dusted, now it's on to the promotion relegation fixtures. Um, unfortunately, one of the teams, man, I've been a little bit biased towards um, Shimizu Espals, <clears throat> excuse me. I've been talking now for over 25 minutes. Let me have some water. So yeah, so Shimizu Espals, one of the teams that I've been biased against, um, one of the teams that I've gone to visit to see their facilities, they're actually, they're not even in the playoff, promotion, relegation, playoff. They, they have been relegated, all right? So how it works is last and second last automatically are relegated. And then third last has to play to stay in the in the j1 league so kyoto sanga is currently playing the promotion relegation um fixtures to try stay within the j1 league and i think they are playing against number three of the j2 competition um to see who stays and who goes um So yeah, good luck to them. And I I hope Kawasaki, I mean, Kawasaki, Kyoto Sanga remains because I've enjoyed watching Pita Utaka, man, really ball out. He was one of the top goal scorers at some stage of the season. Um, And I really think the Nigerian veteran player, um, you know, just continues to defy, you know, father time. Um, He's had an amazing season, you know, and I hope to see him in the J1 League next season as well. Um, but yeah, what a season, man, J1, J2, J3, Japan football, the level of professional soccer here in Japan is just at another level, you know, I always say this to guys that are interested in coming to play over here, that, you know, you, you've got to make sure that you're playing at a decent level in whichever market you're playing in, and you've got to make sure that you've got good highlights and full game packages, a good CV, um, with brilliant statistics, because the lead, I mean the, the level here, is so high, and the and, you know the teams are just not willing to settle getting overseas talent just for the sake of it. No, you gotta be, an import that's gonna come here and be a cut above the rest. That's all the, that that's pretty much, the business of professional soccer here. Teams are just not willing to sign, mediocre talent. You gotta be a standout talent, and you understand why, because the level is high j1 j2 and j3 it's extremely high you know so yeah so that's pretty much the recap man um yeah witnessing those two games for the j1 league you know championship competition it basically lets you know why you're excited man you you know it makes your job as an agent um, and sports enthusiast that much more beautiful because you know Cause you're like, yeah, this is why we love um, professional sports. This is why we love sports in general, because for just those two eighty-minute games, you know, both teams had everything to play for, and that in turn brings the best out of any athlete. You know, I'm sure those bonuses aren't going to be too bad as well, because <laughs> yeah, no, one thing you know, you got to know about the J1D competition is the, the the teams compensate very well, you know um guys are earning you know good money life changing money you know playing for the j one league teams um, we're talking millions of dollars yeah so um yeah, I'm sure that the bonuses are definitely going to be worth it you know I'm sure the guys are going to get good rest, and now we move on to the winter transfer period. It never stops for an agent, it never stops. You know. So, um, yeah, but anyway, thanks for, for tuning into the podcast, man. Um, and shout out to everyone who keeps supporting the podcast. Um I really appreciate you guys. You can keep supporting the podcast by definitely, yeah, getting our merch, podcast merch. It's online, it's available. Um, no pressure, you know, <laughs> no pressure. And if you want to donate to the podcast, you can donate on our agency website, MAG um sports agency athlete network Um that is www.m hyphen a hyphen g hyphen sports agency dot net you know you can donate to the podcast over there and if you love the sporting content um, but yeah I'm gonna leave you guys and um, hope you all have a good day good night good morning wherever you are you know um, thank you for tuning in this has been sports biz from an agent's perspective and cheers and remember our sporting slogan man for this podcast we don't only talk sports we lived it we effing lived it we fucking lived it Right in this segment of our podcast we actually want to talk about and promote our client and partner Getafe Madrid International Football Academy This is an academy, football academy, soccer academy that is based in Madrid, Spain Getafe recruits players between the ages of 15 and 17 years old Players are able to learn from quality coaches from around the world, UEFA accredited and licensed coaches. Players are also afforded the opportunity to receive a quality education with the academy's partner school, Akinas American School. Right, so if players enroll with the academy, and study up until they finish their diploma, they are able to obtain a diploma which is USA accredited. And when they obtain this, they are able to enroll and study at any university in the world. All right? So this is an amazing, amazing soccer opportunity for any young player who has ambitions of developing in a foreign market. Passports are open to every single individual in the world. All right. A disclaimer about this uh, promotion is that I, as a football agent that is registered in Japan, I do not represent players under the age of 18. My relationship and partnership is with the academy. All right. So with that being said, I will only liaise with parents or legal guardians of young players. So for anyone listening to this and wanting to find out more information, you can find out by going to our website, which is www.magsportsagency.net. That is www.m-a-g-sportsagency.net. All right. Over there, all the information is displayed in terms of tuition and the application process. Obviously, before players are accepted into the academy, um, there are certain requirements that players need to meet in order to be accepted into the academy. So only being talented as being a player, that is simply not enough. This is an academy that places an emphasis you know um in education as well this is an academy that understands the importance of education as well so what they strive to do is equip young football players with the skills they need to excel at a high level as professional soccer players but also to have the education that is needed for life after a professional soccer career all right so this is an amazing opportunity and um I would recommend it, I definitely recommend it, Madrid is an amazing city, Spain, the Spanish winters are the best winters because they don't get as cold as the rest of Europe, and this is an amazing opportunity for a young child to develop and mature as an athlete and an individual, alright, they will gain the exposure and they will be able to basically be based in one of the cities that is considered as one of the capital soccer cities of the world. You know, in the city, they've got one of the biggest football soccer brands in the world, in Real Madrid. So if that doesn't inspire a young player, I don't know what will. All right, so make sure you check out the website for more information. And I look forward to hearing from parents and legal guardians who would like to take their child's um, football career. And educational um, career to the next level. All right, take care. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. All right. So, did you know that sports biz, from an agent's perspective, the podcast? Was actually parlayed from an ebook series that is available on Amazon.com. I get I bet you I bet you guys didn't know this. But uh, yeah, that is the case. Um, so when I started my journey as a sports agent, I told myself that you know what, I want to document this journey as it's actually happening. Alright. And then that gave me the idea that, you know what, to start an ebook series and to just basically talk about my experiences um, in sort of like an ebook series. All right. So the ebook series that um, we completed last year was season one. Four episodes of season one, where basically, guys, I talk about my journey in transitioning from being um, an athlete from being a player to actually getting into the business side of professional sports All right i've always known that i wanted to be in the, um, the business of professional sports once i stopped playing but i didn't know how All right i bet there's a lot of you know a lot of guys who are athletes or a lot of guys who are passionate about sports who actually want to become agents but they don't know how to become agents Okay, this is where I recommend, I recommend that you get um, my sports biz from an agent's perspective, ebook series. All right, that series literally details everything, man, it details um, the process and it also details on how to get started, um, you know, when you just want to open up your own shop, your own agency, how to prospect for clients. All right. And also, um, I also tell stories about the transfer window. And I also tell stories about just my life in Tokyo since I've been here, all right? Trust me, there's some epic stories that you would not want to miss that are over there. But um, all that aside, the most important information that is on there is literally about how to get started as a sports agent and just how to navigate this journey. Because I don't have a mentor no one's mentoring me in this sports agency journey it's literally um, through trial and error and it's literally just you know taking it day by day and going by instincts okay so make sure you get the ebook series man sports bears from an agent's perspective ebook series all right Um, and I wish you guys well on your journey man I wish you well in your agent's journey. For any agent that's looking to come into the game, or for any sports enthusiast that's looking to come into the game, I wish you nothing but luck. But make sure you get the ebook series. <laughs> just kidding, man. But yeah, I just thought I would um, tell you guys about it because a lot of guys told me that they didn't know that my podcast was parlayed from an, um, an ebook series. All right. There was even a press release. There was even like, it was also in the media as well. Um, Because my podcast has just been catching on so much popularity here in Asia and in the African continent. And then the one person just contacted me and, and was like, listen, I saw Sports Biz from an agent's perspective on Amazon. Was this a book? I was like, yep, it was first a book before I made it into a podcast. So anyway, I thought I'd share that little story. And uh, yeah, man, I hope you guys go out and get it. I definitely recommend it and you won't be disappointed. Many more seasons are coming as well. All right. Cheers.